Paul Skeens is slated to make his Bradenton debut tonight. Which young players have surprised and impressed the most for the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2023? And what are their biggest needs in 2024? And who are some free agents that I think they could target? All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where we're always talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates here on the Lock On Podcast Network all the time. Hopefully you guys are having a beautiful Tuesday afternoon or evening, depending on when you're listening to this show. And we have some fun stuff to talk about today. Of course, I took the day off yesterday. Thank you guys for being understanding of that. Um, I actually had to go to the doctor for some back pain, and I don't think you guys would have wanted to hear me do a podcast while on muscle relaxers. Uh, But Paul Skeens is slated to make his Bradenton debut this evening for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Of course, the number one overall selection in the 2023 MLB first-year player draft. If you didn't know that, uh, you must live under a rock because, uh, yeah, Paul Skeens is the real deal. Of course, been compared to Steven Strasburg. He's arguably the best uh, pitching prospect we've seen since Strasburg. And some scouts have said he could be MLB ready already. Now, obviously, I have said this multiple times when talking about Paul Skeens, that we do need to be patient with him. The Pirates need to be patient in their approach with Paul Skeens, and rightfully so. You don't want to throw the kid's arm off. He had a heavy workload at LSU. And Ben Sherrington has expressed that, but we'll get into that a little bit more here in just a moment. But if you also missed his uh, professional debut last week, pitching at the Florida Complex League, he had an 11-pitch, eight-strike, perfect debut down at the Florida Complex League to nobody's shock, really. I mean, the kid is just electric when it comes to how good he is going to be. It's just going to take time for him to adjust to a Major League Baseball schedule. It's going to take time for him to adjust to less of a workload even. I know that sounds so weird, but he was so used to pitching all the time at LSU that now he's only going to have to pitch every five days when he eventually makes his Pirates debut. And as mentioned, he will be in Bradenton tonight, and they will face the Lakeland Flying Tigers. Um, There are two players that I kind of wanted to talk about just for a moment, that he will be facing tonight that could be a little bit of a challenge. Of course, you have number 14 prospect Max Anderson. He's the second baseman for the Detroit Tigers. He was the number 91 prospect overall in this 2023 draft class. So once again, Skeens will face a hitter from this draft class. Of course, in his debut, he struck out number five overall selection, Walker Jenkins, um, a guy that I actually really was – happy that the Pirates didn't talk themselves into because there was that talk that they might go Dylan Cruz or Walker Jenkins or Wyatt Langford there for a while. But I will still say I'm so happy that they didn't overthink that decision. 
And another guy that he could actually face that'll be a little bit interesting is Peyton Graham. Uh, Peyton Graham has more experience at single A with the Tigers. He's our number 16 prospect. But those are just some guys that are notable names that you'll see in the Tiger system in this game tonight um, at single A. And Skeens is the kind of guy that, obviously, when you're going into this game, all you're really looking for from Skeens is that he's going to throw the fastball the way he knows how. We know the fastball is an MLB pitch already. It's really going to be about the other pitches that he has. The slider, of course, is a power slider. He, th- I mean, he throws it amazingly. I think he throws it in the high 80s. He also has a power changeup, the pitch that I think he needs the most work on around the 92 to 94 range. Of course, if you want to hear more about Skeens, I'm sure Lindsey Crosby has talked about him in some aspect over at Locked on MLB Prospects. He'll have a lot better gauge on this. He's seen Paul Skeens pitch in person multiple times as he covers the Auburn Tigers. So he's seen LSU plenty of times over the years and got to see Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens. But more on his debut from last week, he had eight strikes in the 11 pitches he threw Obviously didn't allow a hit, but 10 of those 11 pitches he threw were 99 to 101 miles per hour. He did not throw the changeup once. I think he only threw the slider one time and it clocked in at like 88 miles per hour. Every other pitch was 99 to 101 miles per hour. This is exactly what you're going to be getting from Paul Skeens. You're going to be getting a guy that is going to throw fastballs by you, but also locate them where he wants them to go. He's going to strike you out with the slider, and then he's going to change the pace a little bit with the changeup, about about a six or seven mile per hour difference on that changeup, which is something that you see a lot more nowadays is where these changeups are not 80 to 85 miles per hour that often anymore. They're usually in the upper 80s, but Skeens even hits the upper 90s or lower 90s with this changeup. So that's basically what you're going to see from Paul Skeens. Does he ever develop another pitch? Maybe. I think I've had people mention in the comments when I talked about Skeens on the show right after he was drafted that he does also have a curveball that he rarely throws. Maybe that's something the Pirates will tap into over time as well. But I think with Skeens right now, I think it's just really you want to get him comfortable facing professional hitting. And you could say what you want about single-A Bradenton and the Florida Complex League versus the SEC. The SEC, of course, is the best collegiate baseball conference in all of baseball. But it's still professional hitting. It's very different. He will probably admit that at some point. Any pitcher would admit that at some point. That, yeah, college is different, but when you're facing wood bats versus metal bats, it's a very different ball game. It's a very different workload. It's a very different approach to how pitchers face opposing hitting at the professional level at any level it just really is and I mean I have a couple of friends who have played in the minor leagues who also play uh, collegiate baseball that say yeah the difference is very very much there so this really gets into what do you want to do with Paul Skeens well Ben Charrington has spoke to MLB.com on multiple occasions he spoke on his radio show on multiple occasions and he stated everything that I've basically said is that they're going to be very conservative with him. And that's the right play here. You don't want to like move him too quickly to the point where what ends up happening is not only does his development get messed up, which I don't think it will. I just think he's too good, but you're also going to expose him to the idea of injury, which is something you don't really want to do to a guy like Paul Skeens. Now, it's something that's going to be on the minds of all Pirates fans about Tommy John surgery or elbow issues or any arm issue. 
when you're taking a pitcher this high. But with how talented he is, if you're very conservative, that is something that you can avoid. Charrington has also stated that, and this is like pretty much from MLB.com, that Skeens will top out at 20 innings this year. So, I mean, not surprising, as I've already mentioned, that he had the heavy uh, workload <coughs> Excuse me, at LSU. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest that Skeens would only pitch like 20, maybe 30 innings at the um, professional level this year. And he has also stated that there's a chance that Skeens could pitch higher than Bradenton this season. I could see it. I think it's something they could flirt with. Maybe he goes up to Altoona. I think that's the highest he'll go. I don't think he would go any higher than double-A Altoona this year. Maybe triple-A in September. That would be like the maximum that I would expect from a guy like Paul Skeens to make his day, like make his professional debut at AAA, I just don't think it'll happen. Now, obviously, very, very developed. Every scout in the world will tell you that. He's a very developed player, but you don't want to rush this. And the timeline, I've stated it before on this show. If you listen to me talk about Paul Skeens, I've stated it on this show before. He probably starts in Altoona next year. I think he'll get a look in Altoona this year, maybe for one start, and then that's probably when he'll get shut down. He'll obviously quickly jump up to AAA. He's just that good of a pitcher. I think he's going to dominate opposing hitting at the AA level in Altoona. He'll probably make his debut next year. I don't think it'll be as early as a lot of Pirates fans would want it to be, but it's something that you're going to see next year. I think August, September will probably be when you get the eventual debut of Paul Skeens in Pittsburgh, making that very meteoric rise that a lot of people expect him to make. And then he'll become a full mainstay in the rotation in 2025. And it just adds to what the Pirates already have with a future rotation possibility of Mitch Keller, Anthony Solomedo, Johan Oviedo, Quinn Priester, Jared Jones and company, company including Rolandi Contreras, Luis Ortiz. So it causes optimism when you're talking about the starting rotation. And by proxy, it'll probably make the bullpen better because some of those guys that I just mentioned will end up being long relief arts, and they're very talented guys. But as we've seen this year with the injuries of JT Brubaker, Vince Velasquez, Mike Burrows, et cetera, you can never have too much pitching. And I think that's what ultimately is going to be the biggest benefactor of having Paul Skeens in your rotation when he makes his eventual debut in Pittsburgh is that you're going to have a guy – that could be the best pitcher in your staff, one or two or three. And some of those guys are just going to end up getting pushed to the bullpen because you can only have so many starting pitchers. What's even more fun about this Bradenton debut, you can catch it on MLB TV as part of their free minor league game of the day tonight at 6.30. So the game starts at 6.30. Of course, the Pirates play at 7.05 again tonight. I don't expect Skeens to have like a seven-inning start. I don't think that's going to happen. I'd say maximum two or three innings in Bradenton. So that's what you'll see tonight from Paul Skeens. So you can watch that as kind of a precursor to the Pirates game this evening. But make sure you go on MLB TV if you can to go watch this. Paul Skeens, phenomenal kid, phenomenal player. And I think he's going to have another electric debut with Bradenton at the single-A level. Now, which young player has impressed the most for the Pittsburgh Pirates this season? We'll get into that here in just a moment. But I want to talk to you guys about Ibotta. Picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue as summer comes to a close? Well, you know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? It's officially summer, has been for a while, and a new season means new clothes, but your closet shouldn't be the only thing growing when you make these purchases. 
Now you can also watch your cash back grow with each purchase with Ibotta. Finally taking that summer vacation you've been planning but dreading buying all the necessities before you take off, it's time to stop spending your hard-earned money without getting anything returned. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. And you can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, too, when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code MLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. By the way, that's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code MLB to get some cash back right now. Pirates play the Mets tonight. Make sure you catch the hometown broadcast on the Sirius, XM, uh, Sirius XM app. Say that 10 times fast on the SXM app. You can make sure you find that every day. Thank you so much for tuning into the show, as you always do. You're the best commenters, likers, subscribers, and fans of this show that a podcast host could ask for. Thank you so much, as always, for being like that. And a few of you guys weighed in. On the question that I had here in the segment is which young player has impressed the most so far this year? And we'll start with F. Stover, where he said Jared Triolo. And I want to start with Jared Triolo because Triolo, a lot of people were surprised with how Jared Triolo has played this year. And I really haven't been. He's done exactly what he's been in the minor leagues for the last couple of years now. He's been a multiple-time gold glove winner at the minor league level. And when I say that, I mean all of the minor leagues they give out a gold glove award every year for a player at every level of the minor leagues. And he's won it multiple times. He's always had average bat tools. We've seen that for the most part. I mean, he just had his first home run of his career the other day in a spot that the pirates really needed one with a three run home run pinch hit home run to win that first game of the double header against the Cincinnati Reds. Another thing about Triola, he was a necessity when Key Brian Hayes was out for pretty much all of July. Because you know that you have defense in Jared Triolo. You know you have defense in Key Brian Hayes. And obviously, Triolo is not as good as Key Brian Hayes is defensively. Hardly anybody in Major League Baseball is at the hot corner. But it it did make it reasonable with how good he was defensively over there. We've seen him move to second base recently. That's something I expected with Key Brian Hayes returning from injury. Obviously, Key Brian Hayes has done phenomenal since he's returned from injury so far. I mean, if it wasn't for Michael Lorenzen and Matt Olson last week, he probably would have won NL Player of the Week honors. But, you know, Matt Olson and Michael Lorenzen exist. And when you're looking at Triolo, I mean, he's batting 271 with a 655 on base percentage or OPS, sorry. And, you know, outside of that OPS, it's not a number that you really like. The average is going to play no matter what. If you're batting 271, you're going to be in this lineup just as it's currently constructed. Now, obviously, when your on base percentage is higher than your slugging, that's cause for concern in today's baseball, just because obviously it's a game predicated on power. You want that slugging to be high. <clears throat> but for a guy like Triolo, that's just what he is. He's a hit-to-contact guy, very good defensively, can play pretty much any middle or any infield spot. I've even flirted with the idea of having him at first base with the gaping hole 
that I feel the Pirates have over there with Connor Joe and Alfonso Rivas. But I mean, again, if you're going to have a 260 to 270 average or around the range, he's a 271 right now. I expect him to finish in the 260s. You're, I mean, you're going to be a fine bench bat. And then when you add the glove to it, that's a very valuable bench player to have on a competitive team, especially if Key Brian Hayes stays healthy or if he doesn't stay healthy, then you have a guy that can replace him at any given point if he's not healthy. So Jared Triolo has been surprising. Yes, he has surprised a lot of people, but he's done pretty much exactly what he's always done in the minor leagues. He's been a on-base guy who plays very good defense at any infield spot. And I think that's going to be very valuable for this team in the foreseeable future to have a very good glove off the bench. I think it's something you can even think about with Alika Williams. Obviously the hit tool, not really there with Alika Williams that much, as much as it is with Jared Triolo. But I mean, if you're going to have a guy like Jared Triolo hit in the even two fifties off the bench, that's very valuable for a team that is always looking for hitting. And Michael Cosman brings up Andy Rodriguez, who we'll talk about here as well. Yeah. I mean, Andy Rodriguez, I've been a fan of his ever since the Pirates traded for him. He's been a top prospect in this system ever since the Pirates traded for him in that three-team trade with the San Diego Padres and the New York Mets. Andy only has 71 at-bats so far. And a lot of people would look at his statistics and say, oh, he's hitting like 220-something. Like, is he really doing that much? 71 at-bats, very small sample size. But in his last 15 games, he's hitting 244 with a 348 on base percentage, a 463 slugging. That plays out of the catcher spot. You'll take that out of the catcher spot any day. Has a homer and six RBIs to his credit over the last 15 games. You'll take that. Now, last night kind of amplified something that I was worried about with both Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez, but specifically Andy here since we're talking about him. He's had his struggles defensively. You saw that last night with the Mets. He was just kind of struggling. His pitch framing isn't exactly there. He lets some pass balls go by him. He's he's working on blocking. Now's the time to hash out these mistakes, though. And, I mean, you've seen what he can do against opposing base dealers as well. I mean, Matt McClain and the Cincinnati Reds lead all of baseball in stolen bases, and he hosed Matt McClain in that series uh, over the weekend. And it looked really good. He has the arm power. We know that. And you guys know I love switch hitters. The kid can hit. He's done it all throughout his professional career. And he, has, he, he hasn't even hit 100 at-bats yet. He should have been called up earlier. He should already be above 100 at-bats. I've been on that train for a while now that he should have been called up way, way earlier than he was. And I even said he should have been called up before Henry Davis was. But we're here now. And will he stay the catcher long-term? Probably. And it'll only get better defensively, but as I said, this is the time to hash these things out if you're Eddie Rodriguez and the coaching staff. Because you could go into spring training and show this kid, okay, this is what you weren't doing right. Let's fix it. And I think that's a very valuable thing to have. Now, for my most surprising prospect, Leover Piguera, 100%. I've been a fan of his ever since I started hosting this show and he was a part of the minor league system. He's had his issues. Not great defensively at shortstop alongside Nick Gonzalez for most of their time in the minor league system. That was the tandem. It was Piguero and Gonzalez. That's what we all expected it to be uh, until O'Neill Cruz made his meteoric rise. 
But what he's done at Major League Baseball this season, pretty good. Again, small sample size. He has less at-bats than Andy Rodriguez does. 63 at-bats. He's slashing 254, 288, 476, and 764. Four home runs and 13 RBIs. Now, for a guy getting his real first shot, obviously we remember last year he made his debut. It's pretty good. It's really good. Now, why is that slash line so surprising? Why are those stats so surprising to me? He only has a 45 power tool. Most home runs he ever had in a minor league season was 14, and he had like 400 at-bats that year. So he's not really known for his power. But go back again, because you know Ethan loves doing math. 63 at-bats and four home runs. Right now, if you do the math on that, he's averaging 15 to 16 at-bats or averaging a home run every 15 to 16 at-bats, 15.75 to be exact. So if you want to round up to 16, do so. Very small sample size, may I add. But over the past three seasons at the minor league level, that same average, a home run every set at-bats, 26.7, 48.3, and 24. That, I mean, yeah, that's an improvement, folks. I mean, could Piguero break 10 home runs this year? Probably not. I just don't think he'll get the ample enough playing time to do so with the amount of guys that they're looking at and the eventual return of O'Neill Cruz. But averaging a home run every 15 or 16 at-bats through your first 63, that's pretty good, folks. And as I say with every prospect, they're only going to get better. And I think Piguero fits that mold 100%. I really do. I think he's the kind of guy that you expect to only get better. Now, does he have a future spot in the middle infield? Probably. If he continues to play like this. And I think it's very good for him as well. Now, before we get into the needs for the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2024, let's talk about FanDuel for a second. Football. Right around the corner. We already have preseason football, college football, right around the corner. Starts next week. Baseball, going down the home stretch. So, if you want a new FanDuel, football season's about to kick off and baseball's still going on. And FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, if you want to bet on the Pittsburgh Steelers win the Super Bowl, go for it. The odds are crazy. You get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team. To win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory that they have. So every time the Steelers win, you'll get some free money to bet on more stuff like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And of course, you know, tell them LockedOn Pirates sent you. Have fun with it. Go bet. Go have fun, but do it responsibly. Because, hey, you might want to bet on the Pirates tonight because I think they're going to win tonight, playing the New York Mets tonight in game two of the series. Obviously, they didn't have the good run of things yesterday, but I think it's about time for the Pirates to bounce back after losing three of their last four. And speaking of four, next year, the year ends in the number four. It's 2024. It will be however you whatever metric you want to use it'll probably be year five of this rebuild i'd say it started in 2019 so at that point 
what are the needs for this team and how could they make it a competitive season? I expect it to be a competitive season next year. I expect this team to go into free agency and spend some money. And I expect this team to compete for the NL central next year. I just think they have too much young talent and a, the opportunity to add to it. But the needs for this team, pretty cookie cutter, right? I would say it's been the same for the last couple years. After moving on from Carlos Santana and G-Man Choi, myself and you guys knew first base was going to be a need again. Neither of those guys was a long-term fix. I would have liked to keep one of them for the remainder of this year with first base now being manned by Alfonso Rivas and Connor Joe. But here we are. And it's been a while since the Pirates have had a long-term fix at first base. Josh Bell, many people thought it was him. He wasn't that great defensively. Pedro Alvarez was really the last mainstay at first base that I could bring up to you. So what are some options at first base for the Pittsburgh Pirates in free agency? Well, here's some names that I think could be in play for the Pittsburgh Pirates, realistically, of course. Reese Hoskins, C.J. Crone, Carlos Santana, yes, Max Muncy, and Garrett Cooper. Now, when you're looking at these guys, C.J. Crone, power bat, Carlos Santana has said publicly he would love to come back and play for Pittsburgh. Not a long-term option. Max Muncy, he has a club option with the Dodgers. We'll see what the Dodgers do with that. Garrett Cooper can also play the outfield, but the Padres did go out and trade for him. So does he go back to San Diego? Does C.J. Crone stay in his his place? The big question. Same thing with Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins is a guy that I would love the Pirates to go after. Now, you might be saying, Ethan, he's been out all year with an injury. Why would you do that? Well, look at Reese Hoskins over his career in every full season he's played. Been phenomenal. He's batted around the 240s, hits over 20 home runs a year. I think PNC Park is a great place for him to play. And per track right now, his market value is $18.3 million. You could argue, and I would very much argue, that's probably not going to be what he gets a year since he's been injured all season. A lot of teams will question, can he come back from that injury? And it's something the Pirates, if they want to go after him, should also question. I think, annually, with the injury included, he probably drops to that 10 to 14 range. Now, some te- may, there's probably a team that could overpay for him, including the Phillies, to keep him. And I think the Phillies would want to keep him. But if you're the Pirates, why not offer a three-year, 34 to $36 million deal for a guy, or even 38 if you want to go up to that point, for a guy that would sure up a position for you? You add a power bat to a lineup that very much. Does this happen? We'll see. Just somebody that I think you guys should keep your eye on for the Pirates in 2023 and 2024 in this offseason upcoming. Because he's somebody that I think is well within their range to sign. And it would 
effectively erase your issues at first base. I think it's a perfect match. Now, another big need, again, is starting pitching. You have some intriguing arms in the system. You heard me mention it earlier about Paul Skeens, Jared Jones, Anthony Solometto, Thomas Harrington, Quinn Priester, Rolanzi Contreras, Luis Ortiz, whoever you want to mention. None of those guys are going to be ready, though. Solomon Jones. They're not going to be ready right when 2024 starts. And let's just say even Skeens is in the starting rotation at the beginning of 2024. Okay, so you have Paul Skeens, Mitch Keller, and Johan Oviedo. What are you doing with the other two spots? Pirates effectively could have two open spots in the rotation. It's a very realistic thought process to have about the rotation. And the last three offseasons, you've seen them go out and get pitching. They get Tyler Anderson. They get Jose Quintana. They got Rich Hill and Vince Velasquez this year. Outside of Velasquez, who's been injured, all of those guys were not on the Pittsburgh Pirates for longer than four months. They were all traded at the, dead, uh, at the deadline. And I think it's time for that to stop. I think you realistically, as the like as the team is progressing and a lot of people are thinking about how this team could perform in 2024, I think it's time that you go out and sign a pitcher to a two- or a three-year deal. I mean, you have guys like Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, James Paxton, Frankie Montes, Tyler Malley, Brad Keller, who could all be options as starting pitchers in free agency for you well within your restrictions of finances. Maybe not Blake Snell with the season he's having. There's plenty of options there, but it's time for them to stop with the one-year deal thing and sign a pitcher to a two-year deal, or at least maybe even a three. Because what does it hurt? You bring in a reliable starter that's going to be there for longer than four months? And that's what the Pirates need. They need reliable starting pitching and even bullpen help. So what will the Pirates do in the 2023-2024 offseason? We'll be here to cover it, of course, because my name's Ethan Smith. I'm the host of your Locked On Pirates podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow on all the socials at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, and comment here on this wonderful video. I'm going to bid you guys do have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday. Check out the debut of Paul Skeens tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you on the flip side, everybody.